This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the National Football League is celebrating its 100th season, a celebration of the sport that has become the premier entity in the U.S. sporting culture. The business continues to grow, thanks in part to technology and different media platforms. The business also continuing to grow because of expansion, with more games being played in places like London and Mexico City. Marion Turk is the chief operating officer for the National Football League, with quite an impressive background in the media industry, and she joins us right now. Marianne, thanks for your time. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. Thank you. So uh, give us a sense of, of how this landscape has played out, especially from the media side of it, because we see streaming services all over the place. Obviously, the league is a, is a wanted quantity from a media and content standpoint. It, it really does make it, and I, I think, an amazing time for a sport like the NFL to be involved in all of these different elements. Yeah, I mean, we certainly... Um you know, appreciate our position in the media industry across all of the different platforms, uh, broadcast television, streaming, you know, TV everywhere, all those sorts of things. And I think if you ask me how it's going to play out, I mean, you know, that that question is worth a lot of money if someone can figure <laughs> out to tell you the truth. But, you know, what we've done in the past is really, we will continue to do, is really just try and reach uh, our customers where they want to consume our content and how they want to consume our content. So you've seen strategies uh, undertaken by our media group with Amazon, for instance, and our TriCast of Thursday Night Football and understanding that. You've seen other various um, content being made uh, for social media platforms, and we're leaning in heavily to that, not full games, but other ways to engage that young audience that everyone is currently fighting for. So I really think it's going to be a multi-platform world, and it's going to increasingly be an a la carte world. And I think that's what you see with all of these different streaming services launching or soon to launch throughout the entertainment landscape, right? Everybody's putting their... uh, their meal on the menu, if you will, and consumers are going to choose and pricing will migrate to the proper place as consumers decide how much or how little they want. But doesn't this play out, I think, very well for a league like the NFL and especially for the 100th year? And obviously as part of this, there have been so many different shows and and specials done and and i guess the the fun thing about the league is that with the history of the game and obviously the history of the game here in the united states and in other places that there is a generational aspect to telling all of these stories and looking back over 100 years of professional football yeah i mean when we started the hundred hundredth year and we sat down and said, well, before we started, when we were thinking about what are we going to do, um, it was really about a nod and an honor to the past while sending a message of who we're going to be in the future. That was overriding and we wanted to do it in a way that was humble and that we and thankful, thankful for the fans and the great players and everybody who have brought this sport to where it is today correct around the world right and so once we decided that it we launched with that great ad in the super bowl where we had a lot of um you know really famous legends and then a a lot of up-and-coming young stars we had a nod to the gaming industry we had a nod to diversity with 
Sarah, uh, you know, our female yeah. ref in there. Yeah. All that kind of stuff is really important to subtly position the NFL for where we think it needs to be in order to be modern, accessible, and consumable in in the coming years. And then the uh, like, lots of content is just fun. I mean, the the all time team that is just starting to launch now with. Belichick and Eisen. I mean, that's going to be amazing content on the network. In Peyton's places on ESPN is they're promoting it every Monday night. I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah. It's hysterical. He has got more talents than you know, thousands of people put together. And then lots of uh, thoughtful content as well. You know, uh, helmets off content around stories about great players and legends and things like that. So that's been really. Um, for us, that's been the rewarding and the fun part. And then there's a whole other stream of work, too, where there's content being produced uh, in adjacent ways um, around the work we're doing in communities with Huddle for 100 and uh, work like that. So it's it's been a fantastic year so far, for by, sure. By the way, I'm still trying to figure out how Chris Carter caught that ball off the top of the building from Peyton Manning. That's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty darn good accomplishment to be able to pull that one off. I know that's part of the fun. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, uh, about uh, the female referees, and and I think the 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 influx of women in this sport is obviously a, an area which I'm sure you're very happy to see. And, and I think a lot of people are as well. You have done a couple of interviews that I've seen where you haven't, you've kind of moved away from your position as the highest ranking woman in pro football, because you would like to get it to the point where this is a natural part of the process. Women uh, working in high ranking positions all across the league, whether it be with the league or with the teams as well. Right. I mean, I call it, um, you know, I long for the day where it's ordinary, where you don't have to be asked questions around gender diversity anymore, that it just is, right? And I think that um, that's something that we can all strive to. In the meantime, um, yeah, we work really hard about diversity in all sorts of ways, whether it's gender, um, cultural background, racial, all of that kind of thing, really, I mean, I truly, truly subscribe to, and it's proven by facts, so it's not like I'm a big, uh, you know, uh, futures or something. I subscribe to the fact that businesses are better when you have diversity around the table. And particularly now when you think about the importance of data and quantitative analytics in driving business decisions. So if you look at the NFL, look at, I mean, the complexity of who you ought to have around your table in order to represent your fan base, which is almost 50-50 men and women, someone who knows about football, someone who knows about media, someone who's super quantitative that maybe did a math, a couple of math degrees, someone who's got a computer science degree, someone, you've got marketing people who have been to fine arts schools or, you know, all, all these people come around the table to make the NFL better than anything else, right? And, and if you don't have, if you have group think, you're going to continue to produce the same thing and you will lose your place. You will lose your place in the race. I truly believe that. Mary Ann Turk, Chief Operating Officer for the National Football League, joining us here on Wharton Business Daily. We obviously, uh, on this channel, on this show, Mary Ann, talk a lot about innovation and entrepreneurship. Where do you think those areas right now are seen the most within the National Football League? Well, 
I just t- talked about some of the data work, you know, that's being done across um, businesses in general. Yeah. And I really think that some of the innovation that we're doing around in our player health and safety area around data. So I'll, let me give you an example because I'm a bit of a nerd on this stuff and I like <laughs> it. But we are currently so string gauges are little uh, tools that measure uh, force. Um, so we are currently piloting uh, these string gauges in mouth guards to understand the forces that are at play given various, like, you know, if someone taps you on your helmet, if you kind of hit the turf, if whatever, if you get hit in the head, we, we are now sort of measuring that. So we have a quantitative way to assess the forces, and then we can then correlate with injury or no injury, which will really help in the diagnostics. And then in addition, we've got some... Um, we're collecting data on, with strain gauges on cleats uh, and measuring the forces between uh, cleats and, and turf so we can understand and try and do predictive analytics on what is the safest combination of cleat and turf because lower extremity injuries are very, very common and there are a lot of lost time associated with them. So things like that around trying to predict how to make the game better is really important and also innovation in the way that we are going after our fans and the way we are looking at our fan data, which is immense and really advanced. And we use cluster analysis to uh, look at our fans in different sort of buckets and we characterize those buckets in a certain way. And then we say, okay, how do we migrate fans in this lower avidity level to a higher avidity level because we know their lifetime value is more. That's part A. Part B is, you know, where do we find people in the universe with the same characteristics as our fans? And we go out and market um, to them to to join our club, as it were. So um, lots of innovation in marketing and also around the science. So then... Talking about the expansion of the fan, uh, obviously the the league started uh, quite a few years ago uh, by playing a game in London, and obviously the London partnership has has continued to grow. You uh, play games in Mexico City. There have been uh, games played, exhibition games, and and other uh, other locations around the world. That seemingly it feels like is the when you talk about the word expansion with the National Football League, that's really the area to focus on, not necessarily the teams or where they may or may not be playing. Correct. You know, when we talk about expansion, we think about fan expansion and fan growth and how to expand the sport globally. And really the work that Chris Halpin does, uh, who runs our international business, has been fantastic in that way uh, through London, like you said, and in Mexico. But also different ways that we're expanding our fan base. And that is, um, you know, part of our youth football strategy you know, we uh, we want participation in football to happen no matter how you do it, if it's tackle or flag. So if you think about that, we also know that um, participation is directly correlated, highly correlated to driving avidity because you understand the game better later in life and you're, uh, you know, more apt to spend more time and money with football. Yeah. So when you think about that in the context of flag, there's so much upside just with girls getting into the picture in terms of participating in our sport. Um, I think that there's a place for flag and I'm working hard at it as a demonstration sport in L.A. to, uh, you know, immediately, quote, globalize, right, Uh, flag football and football in general. Um, I think it would do wonders for the sport in so many ways and expand our fan base globally. So how important then, I guess, is that connection between 
programs that you run, youth programs that involve on-the-field activity, and programs that the league may run or the teams may run uh, that are off the field. There has to be a, a, a dynamic at play here that, that there is a crossover here. When you talk about uh, programs off the field, what are you what are you talking about well, there? Well, well, like you know, obviously programs that that teams may run to help support their communities. Oh, uh, I see, yeah. You know, there, there there's an element that of the crossover with the players themselves that that's to a degree serves both sides here. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, and I'm. I'll, I'll tell you, like our clubs run fantastic youth football programs and they run fantastic off the field programs as well. And when you think about engaging young people in the sport through participation, yes, but also just through um, entertainment, it's really important that for them, these younger fans, they're interested in pop culture and they're interested in how pop culture and football intersect. So fashion, music, eating, fitness, all these kinds of things and how our players are thinking about those things and how they're having fun, you know, the DAC dance and putting it to music. And, you know, the, the stuff that's on TikTok now is really interested in, interesting and is being consumed heavily because it's fun and it's around music and pop culture. So those two streams of work together, sort of one is, you know, make football cool for these young fans and the second is participate because it's good for your health you're going to have some fun it's good for your character and it's a great sport to be involved with you know marianne as an eagles fan we had a lot of fun here in philadelphia with the dac dance there's no question no (laughs) no question about that you are from canada and 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 I'm interested to get your thoughts on, obviously, this growth that the National Football League has had as an entity over really, I think, about a 30- to 40-year period. How do you think that has impacted football in your home country? Because, obviously, there is the CFL that that does very well in that country. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, there are definitely broad football fans who watch both and are interested in both. And there there are CFL loyalists that keep that league strong in uh, different parts of the country. So because it's a different game, you know, and it's, it's an interesting game to watch on its own. Football, the National Football League has grown, like viewership has grown double digits over the last couple of years um, with the Bell Media Partnership. And I think that in general, you know, it's been a it's been a positive uh, business for the media, the media group in Canada that I used to run. I mean, we we did that deal because we knew that this is the kind of content that's really, really important. And I know up there I haven't been as close to it, obviously, but we really leaned in hard to helmets off content, too, and integrating NFL football kind of content into our in-house productions daytime productions, news, and all that kind of thing. So it's, uh, they've been doing a fantastic job, and it's, uh, it's, an, important, it's an important sport in Canada. I, what does it mean to football in Canada is one thing. What, what has it meant to hockey? I think we've, we've taken some share from hockey for sure in terms of viewership. So then when you look at the league right now and, and thinking about year 101 and beyond, this is, as I said, has obviously been an incredible growth for the sport over the last 30 or 40 years. But I would imagine everybody at the NFL still believes that there is a lot more growth to, to find in the years to come. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are, you know, the power of longevity is something that we think about and that we don't take for granted. 
And we, every day, and, you know, the commissioner is kind of leader of the pack on this, just hammering for how to do things a little bit better, right? Like, there are no silver bullets anywhere. Nobody has any. So it's really about an executive team that is disciplined around, you know, really pushing um, incremental gains because it's a series and a sum total of incremental gains that are going to help you win the race in what is going to be quite an interesting time in the media and consumption business. So, you know, how we how people consume our product over media, but also how they consume it live as well. And I think that it's about being data-driven. It's about iterating, trying things, failing, not failing, you know, rinse and repeat, and, yeah. and just keep pushing the business forward. Marianne, thanks very much for your time. Good luck with the remainder of the season. Thanks so much, Dan. Good talking to you. Thank you. Marianne Turk, Chief Operating Officer for the National Football League. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.